Business Bros is your show, where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan C.S., the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and James C.S., the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Well... We're in the 200 episodes now. We are in the 200s. Woohoo! Woo! We're in the end game now. We're in the end game now. It is officially Monday. We no longer have to withhold any information. The spoiler ban is over. And uh, Spider-Man uh, uh, Homecoming? No, no. No, no, no. Uh, I don't know which one it is, but it's not the Homecoming one. It's the one where he goes whatever. to Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that one dropped and lots of spoilers in there, too. So it's definitely Did over. you watch Endgame yet? No. Not yet. Not a Marvel fan. Man, I, I don't like, have time for all that. Time! Time's a big thing. Time's a big thing. Time is a big thing. Speaking of which, we have only so much time left to collect those 365 pairs of shoes that we've been wanting to get. Uh, if you look behind... Oh, no, 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 no. It's not quite on camera yet, but I that's okay. I got a pair of shoes right behind me. There's a couple shares, shoes right back there. So we're collecting 365 pairs, trying to get them all for the homeless by the end of this year. Should be an easy goal. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. What else we got? Um, we got May 10th. We got the uh, SDAR real estate convention. So come check me out. I'll be over there. We'll be in the Mike Russ booth. That uh, would be four yeah, days from now. Four days from now. And May then 10th. on the 22nd, we have a financial planning uh uh, with a financial planning event with uh, Driven Wealth Management. Yep. And uh, we'll be there too. So if you're out there being productive, making money, but failing to pay your taxes, failing to put money away for your future, wondering what the heck you're going to do, come join us. May 22nd, we'll be in the, what's the name of that area? I forgot. Liberty Station. Liberty Station. I always forget yep. what it's called. Always off the top we'll of my head. Out Boom. There. So right. yeah, Hernan at csfirst.com, send, uh, send me an email for details. All right, who do we got in the podcast studio today? Today we have Mr. Ben Biggs from Disher Group Real Estate. Ben, thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. Thanks thank for you. coming on, man. Thank you for having me. All right, dude. We we got to do a little bit of chatting right before the show, uh, which which was some good stuff. But uh, what I ask all my guests every time they show up is, you know, why real estate? Of all the things you could have done in the world, you decided to get into this industry. Yes, sir. What made you that crazy? You know, the thing is, man, um, okay, so so get in line, right? I mean, how many real estate agents are out here? Everyone watches the TV shows and thinks this and that, and I'm going to go get my license. I'm going to get my license. You know, I'm going to get a real estate license. And, and, and um, I, I haven't got an entrepreneurial background. Um, I dropped out of college. I had a full ride to any college I could possibly want to go to. But my grandparents had college funds set up for everyone before the crash of 08 or before the, the correction um, that that – that went away quick, but back then I could have gone. I said, "Hey, I want to go to Harvard, full ride done, no no questions asked." I said, "Screw that, college ain't for me. I'm out. I'm gonna start a business. I'm gonna become a millionaire." And I dropped out of any possible family college connection and um, went down to, at 19, moved down to Denver, Colorado, uh, on my last 50 bucks and rented the cheapest apartment I could find. 
and um, over about two years started uh, four companies and or was involved in the startup of four companies two on my own and two I was a founding member and um, this is a long-winded kind of looping around story or, or answer your question but basically um, I was I, I did that for two years massively failed incredibly burnt out um, fabulously so and then um, I didn't I was at a stint in the Navy for six years hold on hold on hold on you fabulous, fabulously, fabulously failed fabulously. at business. I want to talk about that because okay, I, I, I'm in the same boat. The very first business we started was what I told you a little bit. It's called PC Cruisers, right? Mm-hmm. It fabulously failed. Well, you know, every time I tell a story, everybody says that wasn't a failure. But to, in my eyes, I didn't make the millions that I set out to make, mm-hmm. right? It was doing well. It was successful. But when I closed it, I learned a ton of education. I learned about Wait, I pay employees more than salary. I pay them taxes. Wait, I have to file a return. <laughs> I, you know, what? I have a contract for a marketing agreement with, you know, this Yellow Pages or my my real estate contract. What? Like all these things that life said, they're a part of the game. I had no no clue. Yep. So, um, what did you learn in failure? Because that's a big part of your life. It's massive. And uh, gosh, man, I mean, where would I even start? But the the thing is, is that. Um, that two-year period in, in Denver really set the stage for the rest of my life. And uh, because I chose to not go down the typical college path, um, I learned that success is way harder than than you initially think. And uh, you know, you got to be good at a lot of stuff. You know, time management. You got to honor your commitments. You got to um, you got to work a lot harder than you than you think you than you originally intended and um, you just got to have you get there's a maturity in the experience level that comes with being you know a reputable person and doing doing good things in the world and that for me anyway was just I just wasn't there at the time mm-hmm. you know I was too young I had good intentions but um, just just I mean I was it was nuts man I was like 20,000 overdrawn not even in debt just overdrawn accounts like wrecked total my car like <laughs> like I got um, I I was completely burnt out. I was involved in like all these networking events and everything. And I got, uh, my, one of my, my products or my companies was a social media startup for businesses. And I was going to a networking group to pitch my product. And it was a third time in a row where I overslept, over, overslept to go to, cause I was so burnt out. I was just missing meetings left and right. I was a mess. And I overslept this, this meeting and I, and I was late. I was running late. And I called the guy, it was the third time they had booked me, and I called him, I said, hey, I'm on my way. And the guy said, literally, this is what put the nail in the coffin in Denver. He was like, um, in, in the conference room with everyone on speakerphone, there was like 20 people in the room. He was like, Ben, your services will not be needed here. Thank you. And hung up on me in front of everyone. Damn. Yeah. And I mean, it, but that's one of those things where like, it wasn't the first time, it wasn't the second time. No, no, no. They like, gave me a good shot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you kind of blew it yourself. What, I mean, I don't know if you're willing to share this, but like, there's people who are just getting into this, into this industry or in any business, right? And one of the main reasons they get into it is because I don't want anybody to tell me what to do, mm-hmm. right? I want to make my own schedule and do my own thing and I'm going to be my own boss and I'm going to make my millions of dollars. Yeah. But when you have that freedom, like... Sometimes it gets carried away. Sometimes, yep. especially when you're young and you see any form of success, all of a sudden you know it all. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. that was my experience. Tell me, can, can you dig a little deeper no, on, on that? thousand percent. I totally agree. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. Everyone wants to have their freedom and have the lifestyle and go get a real estate license and, be, and then just be on HGTV. The thing is, is that if you want to be a boss and if you want to have a great company, if you want to have you know, a respectable name in a, in a marketplace 
and you want to have that lifestyle, you got to set a crazy ass schedule. You you got to be you'll work way harder. I work I like I'm not I mean I'm in the office at like 4 a.m. I mean you you got to you got to set a nuts schedule if you want to actually be successful, especially in a startup and a business. So it's like you got to be honest with yourself about the kind of work ethic that you have or you're willing to put out. And um, I just wasn't there. And and yeah, it's like everyone sees that pipe dream, but to to to. You got to be your best employee if you're going to have a company. Absolutely. Nothing. I was going to say, uh, along with that, is the accountability. You were saying, you know, uh, Nan, you were saying that when you are your own boss, you want to have your own schedule, but there's nobody keeping you accountable. Yeah. And uh, that you definitely felt that. Thousand. Yeah. No, and, that, and, that, and I'm glad you brought that up because everyone, you know, when they, not, I mean, not everyone, but when a lot of people follow this trap when they start a business, they... They think, oh, I'm a business owner. I'm my own boss. Yeah, I'm I'll be honest. Boss. We did too when with PC Cruisers. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I remember sitting with our insurance agent. She's like, "So, what do you guys do?" We're like, "Going to be millionaires by the time we're <laughs> <Yeah>. twenty five, <laughs> thirty. I'm not going to be working anymore." 30, thirty. Yeah. What are you talking about? Oh yeah, no, me too. If you would ask me in my mid twenties, early twenties, early twenties, what I was going to be, if by, where I was going to be at when I was thirty, I said, "Man, I'm going to be worth five hundred million. I'm going to have a skyscraper." Yeah, that that was what I was. That was the pill I was on back then. That's funny because I had I had I remember telling him I was like, dude, one of those buildings is gonna have PC Cruiser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's not that it can't happen. It's yeah. just I wasn't willing to do the work. I wasn't willing to continue to do the work that was necessary. Because yep. I remember starting off, we did. We literally would wake up every morning, go door to door, and, and pass out door hangers and put you know each one of our door hangers had a sticker. You know, you take the sticker off, put it on your computer. And call us when you're ready, right? When something goes wrong. And we pass out door hangers every day mm-hmm. up until the point where we had a little bit of success. Mm-hmm. And then we try to find the easy button. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're just going to put it in the penny saver. And oh, we're just going to do the yellow pages. And oh, we're just going to commit to this, commit to that. And before you knew it, over your head and plateau. You hit the nail on the head right there, man. Yep. And that's, that's the spot. And in real estate, it's really easy to do that. Because you can get... You can, you can, if you really hustle, I mean, it, you can make a, a decent amount of money pretty quickly. The only problem is that if, unless you maintain that, it goes away very quickly. So it's like, you know, that's where I'm at in my business. I've had a good last couple of years and it, especially as a new agent starting out, I've hit some, some numbers that I'm happy with, but I'm, you know, obviously going for a lot more, but, um, that's my problem is I'd plateau. I'd get my five, six escrows and be like, Oh my God, finally I can let the pressure, the pressure's off. You know what I mean? And then I'd be like, I'd chill for a little bit. And I'd like, wait a second. And they'd start closing. Yeah. And and um, and then it's like ramp up phase again. And it's like now, 2019, I've decided to no longer do that. I'm never falling off. I'm not saying I'm never. I probably I'm going to fall off again at some point. But I'm, I've just decided to just stay the course. And every time I get up to my five, just act like I don't have any. Mm-hmm. And, just, and just, just put them in and serve the client and restart. And like that's kind of where I'm at right now, pushing that momentum button. And not taking the easy road. Well, that's that's the difficulty with pretty much any commission sales job, but more so in real estate is is real estate agents suffer from cash spurts and they don't have cash flow. Yeah. Right. And and that's one of those uh, accountability factors. When when we were doing uh, some of our sales training podcasts, we would talk about um, having uh, specific whiteboards for different areas. Like you have a whiteboard that has active listings, you have a whiteboard that has pendings, you have a whiteboard that that has your leads, you have a whiteboard that has your uh, your closes. You know, you have all these different boards, and you can literally number them one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever the number is is that, and you mm-hmm. can look up at your whiteboard and be like, okay, where am I at? Oh, 
look, I'm missing leads. I need to get more active leads and go out and actually do your prospecting. Or look up and say, oh, check it out. My pendings, I'm about to close three deals. I need to get more of my active listings into the pendings board and kind of monitor what you're doing on a regular basis. Because if you don't have anything visually to look at where you are, you become complacent. Thousand percent yep. scoreboard. You gotta have a visual scoreboard. You have to have a visual scoreboard. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what is your schedule like? What what are you doing now that's different from your youth? Man, I'm I'm just on a whole nother level now. I'm a I'm I mean I've always since my late twenties I've always been in self development and business and you know I've, I've always had that interest. I'm on the I've been on the five a.m. club pill for twelve years now and and recently I I have ju- I'm I'm obsessed now on a level that I haven't been. In my in my business, so I my my you know I'm a firm believer that, and you'll see this everywhere. Any any sort of person who's successful online is ranting and raving about this all the time. I, the schedule, your your routine is is absolutely number one, most critical. And because if I'm off on my routine, my whole day's off. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll get a third done if that of what I want to get done if I'm not on my routine. I mean, it's worth millions of dollars your routine. So, you know, it's like I I'm, I'm typically and this is gonna sound a little nuts. But I'm I'm typically up between two thirty and three, and I'll go I'll be up at two thirty three. This is this is my schedule. I'm trying to stick to. I'll get up two thirty three. I'm typically at the office around four. I'll get some reading done, some coffee, and then I'll basically set my because I made a decision to not fall off and push conquer forward. So I'll be at the office early, set my day up, set my tasks up where I'll dole my TC out with tasks and send out any email like kind of take care of my business. Mm-hmm. You work on it, you know, and then or work in it actually and and and. Um, piece every all the emails and stuff that get away um and then um you know circle back on my crm make sure that's all good and then i'll go back around six or seven i'll go get a workout in shower up take maybe a 20 minute nap and then pop back to the office by about 8 30 when my team is arriving and all the agents are getting there and then i'm more free to train them and, and listen you know do stuff with them versus worrying about all my my you know avids and requests for pairs and stuff in my email that is pretty much beast mode right there then you do this every day no, 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 absolutely not every day. I, I'm I'm in the middle of implementing this. I do it most days, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you I do that every single. I mean, I, I I burn out, but that that's that's the intent. That's the schedule that I'm getting on that I'm on right now. It's funny you talk about burnout because we we've had a conversation in the past. We we were pondering like what kind of burnout rate do I have? Like I don't think most people really understand what a burnout rate is, and when they do figure it out, that's at the very end when they're done. Right, they don't want to be yeah. in the business anymore because yeah. they've literally burned up. So, you know, James was doing an exercise uh, not too long ago on I'm going to work my schedule every single day, and I'm going to just work every day, every day, and I'm going to oh, see yeah. how many days I can go forward before my body tells me I'm done. Where'd you end up at? A little over three weeks. A little over three weeks. Of- A little over three weeks of every single day, like you're talking about doing. I mean, it wasn't two thirty for me; it was five thirty. Uh, but yeah, it was just every day of 5.30 up, doing the whole morning routine, working through till 7, 8 at night, and yep. you know getting up and doing it over the, the next day. And it was a little over three weeks, it was 23 days, and then my body was like, dude, stop. Yeah. <laughs> thousand so, percent, thousand yeah. percent. That's actually correct. That's actually in line with my own rate. And yeah. and what I'll do is I'll literally, and I, and, and I don't, I mean, I don't do the 2.30 thing every day, oh, that's what I'm trying to get to. Um, but I'm never really up later than like four thirty or five. So that's my typical days. Like five, I'm five o'clock club is kind of wired in me. I can't really sleep past that, but I'll, um, 
I'll just, my thing about burnout is I've been burnt out. I've gone so hard over the last two and a half years. I've been very familiar with burnout and I'll just, and I was in the Navy, you know, I was on four deployed over in seventh fleet. You know, you go four days without sleep over there. You, you know, you heard about all the wrecks and stuff that happened. It's because I know exactly what happened. They're all crazy, manic, depressed, sleep deprived. It's mm-hmm. nuts. They live, you live off coffee and monster for days without sleep. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's brutal. Yeah, like, well, that's that's kind of part of the reason why I was like, yeah, I can do three weeks. I can keep going. I can keep going. Yeah. It's because of that Navy training where you're like, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, you, it's not was, tra- it's not training. It's just like just tor- like forcing like slavery. You know, like we did get paid. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we really didn't have a choice. That's what you're gonna do, and you're not gonna argue, and you're gonna get up, and you're gonna work twenty hours a day. You're gonna sleep an hour, and you're gonna get up and do it again. Oh yeah, typical. That yeah. is tough. See, I mean, I, I never... For, for years. For years. Yeah. For years, years yeah. on end, yeah. But I think that kind of training for you guys, I mean, that sets a precedent. There's so many people that we've talked to who have a military background mm-hmm. where where that sort of work ethic is built into you. Like, you're just going to do the work. Like, there's something to be said when somebody tells you what to do. When I talk to somebody and, and they reminisce about the good old days, mm-hmm. right, it's usually when they have that regimented schedule. When I talk to military guys, it was usually, you know, when they were in the Navy, it was their good old days. Yeah, they go through the shit, but it's also their good old days. It's the day they it's, were productive. It's yep. the day that they had a schedule. It's when they had a purpose, when things were going on. People who weren't in the military, it was high school or college. It's when you had something that you knew you were going to do regularly on a daily basis and you were doing it. And then it's not the good old days because that goes away. Yep. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. So I think I think you know having that schedule is super vital. When when did you figure it out? Like you were in your twenties, you were you know partying it up, making top dog business, millionaire ventures. Yeah. And then and then you decided what Navy and then real estate. Like how, where'd you figure it out? Yeah. So something, um something so like so after after my uh, my stint in the business world in Denver um. I I, uh, I wrecked. I totaled my car, and I was completely out of options. My family had was over it. They cut me off. I, I received no financial support from my family. I was working two jobs, and um, and uh, I just had to do something else. I, I honestly, honestly, looking back, I, if I really wanted to, if I really had some real grit, I could have stuck it through. But I decided to call it, call it, and. Um, I'd always been into meditation and Buddhism and, and read books about spirituality. And there was a, my mom was encouraging me to go to this um, place. There's a meditation retreat center about an hour and a half north of Denver, way up in the Rockies called Shambhala Mountain Center. And I know that you can go there. It's a huge facility, 600 acres. They have a, the largest Buddhist stupa in the in the West. It's 108 foot tall. Um, so I was like, I, I knew they were looking for IT positions. So I was like, okay, I did the millionaire thing for a couple of years. didn't work for now. Let me go get my head straight and to do this meditation thing. And um, I actually went up there and volunteered up there. I lived on the property for like 14 months. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Took all the courses, did a bunch of retreats, became a Buddhist, like did that whole thing and, and um, kind of got a little more centered. And then realized very quickly that I could I saw myself as just becoming like a full-time hippie which there's nothing wrong with that per se but I um I saw myself just drifting from meditation center to meditation center so So you you lived at this place like I'm assuming you did the work you live there it's kind of like a full exchange yeah it's it's a 
it's not a commune. It's not quite a commune. It's it's a retreat center. You guys would probably like it. It's cool. It's it's a it's a it's a venue. They have big. I mean, uh, Sting will go there sometimes. He flew in on his helicopter once. A Dalai Lama goes there. Um, they'll have it's a whiz, It's a venue for wisdom traditions and politicians. To, it's way up in the Rocky Mountains. It's gorgeous, but it's a well-run facility, and um, it's just a venue. But it's run by a Buddhist organization, and um, I volunteered there. Uh, for 14 months. I lived on the property, lived in a tent part of the time, lived in a lodge, lived in a little camper, a little hippie camper. So. That's, that's amazing though. I mean, think about what value you got out of it by volunteering your services. Tremendous. I mean, it's yeah. huge. It's it's what, what I hear over and over again by real estate agents. Just go and intern with somebody. Get under somebody who knows what they're doing so that you can learn from them and, and better yourself. Massive, massive. The ability to... Yeah, I mean, just the ability to be humble, to tuck your tail in in a, in a positive way. A lot of guys think like, "Tuck my tail," you mean, ain't no bitch. You know, like a yeah. lot of guys like like they think it's a beta thing. Too much, too much, too much, cheese, cheese. and they think it's a bad thing or a beta thing. And it's like, no, dude, you don't have all the answers. Um, you know, like go like I've always had mentors, and I've, I'm a huge believer in just if you want to go, if you want to learn. You know, baseball. I mean, you're gonna go hang out with Derek Jeter. People are like, oh, you're just you're just following Derek Jeter. You just wanna be like Derek. I'm like, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, like. So I mean, it's just it's just like you know, humble, be humble, and 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 just. I mean, I, my thing is, I'm I'm I'll, I'll I'm a follower. I'll tell anyone right now, I'm the best follower you've ever seen. I'll follow. I mean, I'll follow if I find the right leader. I'll follow. You know, to the battlefield, to the grave, whatever. But it's, at the same token, you know, I think it's gonna help me with my leadership skills down the line mm-hmm. because. I don't have any ego about that if I know because I'm intelligent enough to know to see that I hope I am to see the right path you know well you know essentially we're all followers yeah you we're all following somebody there's always somebody that we look up to maybe you know the the person we look up to is at the top of their game but they're following somebody in another aspect of life yep. maybe you're looking at them as I want to make as much money as that person but you don't know that that person's following somebody else in a spiritual sense Right or in a family sense, or they look up to somebody. There's always somebody that that they're following because somebody's. We're not all good at everything. We yeah. always have to look up to somebody who's who's better than us at whatever aspect of life. And that, dude, that's that's a that's huge. The fact that you were able to to do that and that you bring it with you where where you, what you're doing now. Because even if you're following somebody, even if you're the number two, there are plenty of people below that. Yeah, that need to look up to you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I'm in a very lucky. Um, I'm in an extremely fortunate spot. I'm very thankful to be where I'm at with my with my team, the district group, because I basically, um, you know, I I got into real estate. Um, so I guess, do you want to just continue down that path about like how I ended up getting here? I guess, or because yeah, it's yeah. all because it'll be it's kind of a long, weird, winding story. But basically, um, you know, after the after the the meditation center, I said I'm going to just drift and become a hippie. I got to get some, into something where I can make some money because college wasn't an option. At that point, and I said, I want to get finish something tangible in my 20s. So Navy it was, joined the Navy, did my six years, and the whole time I was in the Navy, uh, I didn't really like it, but I did it, and I got my honorable, and that's the whole thing. I just wanted to finish something. Yes. And um, and uh, the whole time I was just stewing, stewing. You know, like, what am I going to do when I get out? Like, they're reading all these books, listen to podcasts, listen to audiobooks, and, uh, and I landed on uh, commercial real estate investment, bigger pockets. You, oh, you guys yeah, ever yeah. heard of Bigger Pockets? Yeah. So Bigger Pockets, I was junked out on them, listened to all their podcasts, and got deep in the forums with them, and said, "I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna go to San Diego, and I'm gonna be a real estate syndicator, and I'm gonna own a hundred thousand apartment units." 
How'd that work out? And uh, clearly, uh, I'm, a mag- <laughs> I'm a magnate. No, but um, but um, you know, and that's my thing. When I when I said when I first came on the the podcast is I don't do anything. Like I get I have that kind of brain. I just I just I am hyper focused on what. Like if I get into something, I just go. I don't care. I just go. And I was like, I'm gonna own a hundred thousand. I don't know how I came up with that number, but that's just what I wanted to do. And um, and I bought my uh, I bought my first duplex here in San Diego. Um, a year out, I bought a duplex, and uh, I got a referral from a very smart guy on my ship, who's a programmer who owns a bunch of businesses, who owns real estate. And I said, Hey, who's your broker? He referred me to Jeff Disher, who's my broker now that I work with. Work with, and um, and Jeff bought uh, helped me buy my duplex. And I, and I saw how Jeff worked, and Jeff's a mentor of mine. And and I was like, okay, this dude's on. Like, Jeff, I don't know if you've ever had the chance to meet Jeff, but he's no. Jeff Disher's nuts. I mean, the dude's a maniac. He's he's one of the most on fire, energetic. He's one of the best leaders I've ever had the the opportunity to work with. Um, he's 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 very good. And um, and I said I got out, and I took him to breakfast and lunch, and I was constantly taking him for coffees, and I was picking his brain, and I and I told him my idea about the commercial thing, and he was like, he basically was just like, good luck, and <laughs> and of course, I mean, like if you know now looking back on it, it's like I meet I meet the myself that version of me all the time, and I try to talk him off the ledge of like, hey man, just start start where you are, not to, not to discourage anyone because you can do whatever you want, but. Um, but get there get, get there get, get you got to do something you don't right. just you don't just like like and i st- start off with a couple of properties and go from there and, and scale but um uh where was i going with that well, you were talking about uh, how plan. you got into real estate with the district group yeah so um yeah so i did the navy and then um uh got my duplex from jeff and then um wine to nine jeff and was like hey man i want to work with you work with you and uh, I went up to his office. We got a really nice office downtown. Saw the office, met Jeff, and I was like, "This is it. That's what I'm doing." I'm ca- I kamikaze. I kamikaze myself. I was like, "I was like, no, bro. I'm I'm working here." Like I was, just, I just started showing up. He was like, "All right, shit. Okay. Let's go." Yeah. Yeah. Now that's the kind of person you want, though. I mean, right? You went, yeah. You went balls to the wall after that. So you went and got your license. Yeah, I got my license. Um, I knew I was gonna get need to get my license um, pretty much right away. So I started working on it as soon as I got off the ship in May 2016, and. Um, Got it in September and uh, started working full time. Started training on it with Jeff full time in August, and then um, uh, got my license and started doing the real estate thing in September. Dang, you've been after it uh, ever since. Just yeah, nuts, all in, all in, all day, every day, just relentless. Dude, that's I mean, but that's one hell of a ride, though. You know what I mean? Like, well, oh, you know what I, I forgot to ask you was, what was the uh, the hippie stage like? Um, it was, uh, it was awesome. I mean, the hippie stage was like a massive breakthrough for me in terms of, cause I was in, um, I, I was kind of a nerdy kid growing up. Um, and I'll tell this to anyone. I, I don't have, I have no shadows really. I mean, I'll tell you anything, but I, um, I was, I, I got made fun of when I was a kid bad. I was overweight. I had a bowl cut. I was a video game nerd. I didn't have a ton of friends, didn't really have any girlfriends anywhere to speak of. You know, I would group my high school had like 20 people in the whole class when like, the other, all the other guys in my class were all jocks and football macho country nerd country cat yeehaws, and then me, you know. So yeah. it's like any cute girl in my high school was just instantly, you know, like I had no chance. Yeah, you're going over there. Yeah, the jocks. Yeah, and it's like uh, I was, I had a pretty rough 
childhood, you know, parents divorce, not rough compared to some, but I mean, my parents divorced when I was seven. I moved back and forth and my dad never really had a, a great situation. I mean, he, you know, we slept at a, in, you know, cab over camper parkers and friends couches and stuff. It, you know, my mom did okay, but never really like, you know, she was just barely getting by. So, I mean, um, I had a lot of, I have a lot of insecurities, have a lot of insecurities still, but I had a lot of insecurities to overcome just about socially socializing and, and, and being around uh, being myself that, that I worked through in the uh, meditation stuff. That's, that's see, that's deep right there. Cause, yeah. Cause we have a lot of people who are either first generation, even in this country or come from a lifestyle. Like dude, my parents, I mean, they didn't get divorced, but we went through our money issues where like there was a period in our, in our life where we didn't have a home. Mm-hmm. Like, we were at cousins' houses, and the you know my parents were trying to get their life back together and work and find a place to live. Like we've had that situation in in our lives before, and to you know I always I always knew though no matter what I was gonna do, I was gonna do better than my parents did because they gave me the opportunity. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm I mean I'm looking at you, and there's no way just by the way you present yourself and what you've done and what I've seen online that you. That anywhere of your past is breaking through to where you are today. And it's just a different, it's a completely different you. Yeah. Just, you know, wanted to let you know. Yeah, yeah well, thank you. And, and that's the thing is I actually talk with this with my, talk about this with my team a lot. And people ask me like, Ben, oh man, if I could just be as good at video as Ben. If I could just be X as good as Ben. Because now people see me, and not to say I'm like, I, I still view myself as that nerdy. I have a lot of insecurities. I mean, I'm only 5'7". Come on. Um, <laughs> I feel but, uh, Right? I, was, I saw, yeah. So, um, you know. Uh, like, but people are like, man, like, like now they see my number, my sales numbers, and they see all my live videos that I do. Like, man, if I was only as good at this video as Ben is, and people have got to understand, man, like, I try, I preach this to my team all the time. You didn't see me when I first got started with Jeff Disher helping me out, changing my diapers. You know, like, I was a mess. And it, it's taken me just relentless 12, 13 years now of just constant reading, constant seeking mentors. Like, it's taken a lot. And it's only, it's, I feel like it's only really, calcified over those last like year and a half two years but to everybody else it's instant yeah like, yeah overnight where did you come from right yeah right? nobody ever sees that that you know the the nights where you're just listening to audiobooks where you're you're doing work but you're learning in your own head where you're you know you're practicing your scripts and you know you don't exactly know what to say or when the boardroom tells you don't even bother coming yeah, in dude. It, we're it, done with you exactly like, those yeah. types of things are the things that make you who you are today mm-hmm. but people want to i mean people want to take that instant hgtv leap yep and then they wonder what happens yep and that's the things that people yeah i mean they get it mixed up and you guys can agree because you guys have both been in the trenches you know but it's it, you know it's this is in the trenches right here this is hard podcast is podcast life is t- tough you know, so I mean, it's like you guys know, you know, as well as anyone, but it's, um, yeah, man, it, it's just like, you gotta, you, there's no, like no one, anyone you see, you think has made it, they, they, they've gone through tremendous, you know, I mean, unless they were just a trust fund or something like that, you know, I'm not knocking that, but it's like, you, you're it's just rare. Yeah. You, you're, rare. you're, there's no, there's no quick fix. It's going to suck. So, uh, I like that. It's going to suck. Embrace, embrace, it's, it's going to suck. Embrace the suck. Yeah. But, but you know. I work with seventeen-year-old kids all the time. We're about we're we're we got less than like three weeks away before graduation with these seventeen-year-old nice. kids that I'm I'm talking to, and 
now is where the magic happens. Like I've been spending the whole senior year. We've talked about everything: how to buy a car, mortgages, how to rent a home, going go over going over like a rental contract, tax returns, all these cool things that are important. Yeah. But they don't care about them yet. These last three weeks, reality's starting to set in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're about to hit the real world, and that's one of the things that I'm trying to preach to them right now is, it's gonna suck. <laughs> it's gonna suck but you're gonna do it every day because you have your goal in front of you and you're gonna progressively work towards that goal and if you just push through that daily grind that's called a grind because it's not smooth yeah it, it's a suffering state of mind you're constantly working but if you're working for towards something that you want and you're working every day to get there and you know that it's just piece by piece like just it's like digging a hole just one spoonful of dirt every time one shovel of dirt every time you're going to get there. You're Absolutely. Get there. Absolutely. It, yeah. Oh, sorry. You're tapping. Oh, okay. That's what he's telling me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, amazing story. Thanks for being like super vulnerable. Because, yeah. I mean, it, that's the type of stuff people need to hear, right? That's the type. It, I, I, we could have sat here and said, Ben, you know, you're crushing out there. You're doing great numbers. Your videos are great. But if nobody knows that background, like they don't know where you came from, they're going to think that that's the starting point. Right, right. Yeah, just, just just start doing videos and just go get your license and you'll be good. Just go do it. Yeah, yeah. Just go do it. <laughs> Which, yeah, it was just true, but you're going to have to go through the stuff. You have to. Mm-hmm. Find a mentor. By the way, Ben, you willing to be a mentor anybody? Absolutely. See? Open There's people out there. Open door, guys, anytime. All right. So uh, take a look at the camera. Let them know you're in this Which camera, one? by the way. This Boo-boo, one? Boom. You. And uh, let people know how to get a hold of you. 619-987-8294, ben at dishergroup.com. Uh, find me on Facebook. I don't know. I can't remember what my tag is off top on Facebook. You'll see me, Disher Group Real Estate, or Instagram at biggs.ben. Perfect. And then lastly, who are you going to tag to be on the show next? Great question. I was going to give a token uh, token answer. Um, How about this? Think about it for a second. I give me a sec. One give me plug. Please. Ladies and gentlemen, 365 pairs of shoes by the end of the year. Quick reminder, if you are interested in donating, give James a call or a text message or an email. You can reach him at 619-884-0045 or james at csfirst.com. He'll head over on his Harley, pick up the shoes. We're stacking them up. We got bags. We got boxes. We're putting them on the shelves. We're putting them in the garage. I don't care where we get them from. We're looking for closed toe shoes, gently used or new. Either way, those will work. And by the way, uh, we always talk about different opportunities. Remember, I'm an EXP agent. If you are EXP curious, text 123EXP to 31996. I'll send you a video. You can check it out. Answer the questions. Uh, uh, answer your question so you make an informed decision before you just shut off the opportunity. All right, Ben, back to you. Who is going to be on the show next? Gosh, man, you know, I only spend, I only hang out with the only people I really talk to is my clients and my team. Um, I'm going to nominate my, uh, the token answer, Jeff Disher. Perfect. Um, Jeff, Jeff Disher Broker. If you haven't, just because, and that, and that, that's, not, that's not fair, that's not the token answer. Jeff. Um, Jeff is phenomenal. You talk to Jeff for more than 10 seconds, you realize you're talking to the dude's like on another cloud. So there's some yeah. amazing, and not everybody has a story, but some people can just project that story really exactly. Well, yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I know, I know what you mean. So Jeff, Jeff Disher, Jeff, get out we're here. on you, dude. So we're going to tag him on the show and then we'll, awesome. we'll get a hold of him. 
Um, and lastly, did I forget anything? May no, May tenth, the the SDAR Expo, Real Estate Expo, and May twenty second, Financial Planning. Make sure you guys check it out. Let me know if you have any details. You can find it on our Facebook page at Business Bros Pod or Twitter or Instagram. Um, and uh, that's about it. That's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at cusfirst.com right now or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show. 